Hour number two of the drive underway. Let's start with the top four at four, brought to you today by Linderman Sports Medicine. Here's Marcus Young. Thank you, Russell. At number one, the AP Top 25 poll for men's basketball has been released. We have a new number one. Houston back on top as Alabama drops one spot to number two. Kansas moves up two spots to number three, so those are your top three. Purdue drops down a couple spots to five. Uh, As for the rest of the SEC, Tennessee drops from 10 to 11. Uh, Despite their victory over number one Alabama, they did lose to Kentucky. And for the rest of the SEC, we have a new addition as Texas A&M is at 25. So only three teams ranked from the league right now. Yep. I mean, that tracks me. It's not been a terribly deep SEC this season. I mean, who else? You know, Kentucky hasn't done enough to be ranked. Auburn lost to Vandy. Actually, you know, Vanderbilt, Tennessee is tied. We're fourth right now in the league, right? Tied with Kentucky, and obviously they have the head-to-head advantage. So we would be the fourth seed if the SEC tournament started today. Right. Auburn is tied for fifth with Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. Vandy went on a tear, didn't they? Yeah, I think they won four or five in a row. They could, they could pass us up. They could finish ranked higher in the conference standings and get a. I mean, we could be playing on Thursday. The SEC tournament. At number two, another uh, top twenty-five poll for you. Uh, Tennessee baseball drops down to number three after their weekend, going one and two. Stanford, who was at three, jumps up a spot going two and one. LSU remains at number one after going three and zero oh over their weekend. Uh, one of the biggest jumps that I see is TCU goes from 15th to number eight, while Vanderbilt uh, went two and one. They stay at 10 when we talk about the SEC. Arkansas drops from eight to nine, and Alabama remains at 20. Home opener tomorrow night against Alabama A&M at Lindsey Nelson. A&M in town for two games. They'll play tomorrow and Wednesday at 4.30 p.m. Who do we have coming in this weekend? Dayton. The Flyers on their way to Lindsey Nelson for a three-game series this weekend. Let's win these five. Let's win these next five, get this thing on a roll. Let's get Maui eligible. Come on, NCAA. Get off your lazy rear ends and do the right thing. Figure this out. Ridiculous. At number three, have some NFL hires with a couple names that we may know. The Colts are expected to hire their new OC, Jim Bob Cooter. Really? Yeah. He was the passing game coordinator for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now the OC for... uh, Coats. They're they're probably going to be drafting a quarterback. So I mean, this is his chance, and if it goes well, and as a Titans fan, I mixed feelings about this. But uh, if it goes well for Jim Bob, he could be coach head coach Cooter sometime in the near uh, future. You think there's any way Cooter wants Levis? Uh, I mean, not. I don't know. I I don't think he looks at it the same way we do at all. I don't think he cares where he went. I think he's going to look at physical ability and intangibles and 
go from there. Wouldn't it be funnier if he did look at it the way we did there? <laughs> I don't think he would get to be where he's at today if he looked at it the way we do. Along with that hire, uh, another name that will intrigue the both of you. So the Chargers defensive coordinator, Ronaldo Hill, uh, leaves to rejoin the Dolphins defensive staff, which is the D.C. over there is Vic uh, Fangio. They haven't decided what role he will play on whoa, their whoa, team. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Vic Fangio? Fangio. Is that a, <laughs> he's a failed head coach that I really need to make sure I get his name right. It might be Fangio. Nah, it's Fangio. It might, I mean, we we could be mispronouncing it it's all true. this time. It might, Marcus might be right. I don't know. Marcus so, may have stumbled across it. Go ahead, Marcus. The, the Chargers are promoting from within for their new defensive coordinator. They're going to promote secondary, head, uh, secondary coach Derek Ainsley. Oh! Really? Ainsley Dunbar. Yeah. Former Vols defensive coordinator under uh, Pruitt, right? Yeah. 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 NFL don't care about a show call. It's show call. By the way, Adam Sparks had a really good piece in the New Sentinel today about the NCAA case and where it stands. And Ainsley was mentioned in there. So good for him. Good for him. Like Tennessee's has to, we've probably already lost scholarships and recruiting restrictions and might have some more coming down the pike. But Derek Ainsley gets to be defensive coordinator. Nothing happens to him. Yeah, good, good for him. He gets uh, one of the Bosa brothers. And finally, at number four, in-state defensive back Marcus Gorey Jr. commits to Tennessee. Tennessee adds another member to its 2024 class late uh, this weekend on Saturday night. The cornerback out of Cleveland, Tennessee, announced his commitment to the Vols. He's a high three-star prospect, ranking. Uh, Marcus, I got to stop you there. He has a four-star on one of the services. I was about to say on two, four, seven. He was a uh, three star. I'm assuming is he a four star on, on three? He's not I on on. Believe. No, he's, he's on not. three arrivals one. I saw four star in the graphic Tennessee put out, so that's what I'm going with. Yep. Show policy. We go with the uh, the highest ranking. Highest rating. That's true. Uh, he checks the size box for Tennessee as well as he is six foot one, 170 pounds. Hopefully got the uh, good arm reach for us. We need that from our secondary. Knock those balls away. Unless there is a recruiting service I'm not aware of, he is a three-star. But I'll have to relook. I'll have to check the tape. As Derek Dooley would say, "Rough." He has a he has a nice offer list, and I've heard that he could climb up to a four-star. Like they, he's got they, time. Yeah, they really like him. Uh, needs to add some weight. He's kind of lean, but really good athlete. And Tennessee really liked him. So it's a good pickup for the Volunteers. I believe their fourth commitment. We need to get uh, Spillman in the boat for another four-star. And we'll have the top two players in state to go with Goree and Carson Gentle and um, get this thing rolling because I think they're going to sign. I don't know that they sign any five-stars this year. They might whiff on five-stars. But I think they're going to sign a lot of four stars. Four. Yeah, we've talked about it yeah. before. I, I trust, I trust coach to make the right choices when it comes to recruits. With what he's done so far, with the he's, I'm like I, I trust him implicitly when it comes to transfer portal and identifying players that with the system. Recruiting a little bit different. I mean, it's you know he's got to follow up. That's why this year is almost more important than last year. We need to do it. We need to have another success 
successful season. Like I, I realized that you know, eleven and two in an Orange Bowl champion season, that's pretty tough. Uh, you know, a, a pretty tall order to ask for, but follow one great season up with another one, and you can. I think that's when we'll really start to see dividends on the recruiting trail. Chose Tennessee over Michigan, Nebraska, Colorado, and Michigan State. Colorado's the big Pretty one for me. Yeah. Oh, Michigan's the big one for me. What are you well, Deion Sanders. If Deion wants to use a corner. Yeah, Deion. It's Colorado. Dude. Michigan's been in the playoff the past two years. That's the one. I think if Deion oh, no. likes you at corner, then that why, makes. Why, why are we arguing about this? I don't know. Filling the role as bear back here. Oh, board, yeah, okay. So. Devil's advocate over here. Thank you, Marcus. That is the top four at four. It's brought to you by Linderman Sports Medicine. If you've got an ailment, shoulder condition, knee, hips, uh, joint condition, you'd be surprised what they can do without surgery now. Modern regenerative medicine, the stem cell therapy, uh, has really, really taken off. Yeah, elite athletes are doing it, and Dr. Laura Linderman has treated several of the Memphis Grizzlies and other well-known athletes through the years, but she also does a lot of work for just regular people like you, people who want to be able to get down on the ground and play with their kids, people who want to be able to go for a long walk in the neighborhood at night, people who want to get back out in the garden and bend, bend over and be able to do the things that they need to do to do a little yard work. Check out LittermanSportsMedicine.com for more information. Great VFL-owned and operated medical business based in Memphis, but people come from all over the volunteer state and beyond to experience the miracles of modern regenerative medicine at Linderman Sports Medicine. Again, LittermanSportsMedicine.com. Be sure to tell them you heard them talking about it on Fan Run Radio and you decide to make an appointment with Dr. Linderman. Mark Nagy is going to join the festivities here in about 10 minutes. We are uh, sifting through the wreckage, looking for survivors after another disastrous Tennessee sports weekend. I say another. We haven't had many, we haven't had many like that, man. That was three L's in 24 hours. Nah, yeah. I that, mean, talking, that was brutal. I would imagine. We can ask him we get him on. I, I want to know if, if uh, Mark uh, – Got the lights on down in the bunker and got the wife, the kids, and uh, the dog. Well, here's the thing, Bear, is they finally get off the schneid and won yesterday. But I don't think I don't think anybody – I mean, maybe Logan Quinton, like the hardcore baseball addicts are watching it, but I couldn't do it anymore. I had to get out yesterday. I was like, you know what? I can't take this anymore. I'm taking a sports day off. You know, we do this every day. So, like, I, I got it for my sanity. Had to get out and do some other things yesterday and i i didn't watch nobody saw that game no i didn't i didn't watch i didn't watch any of it i kind of followed it a little bit on twitter but i did the same thing i kind of unplugged in the morning and then went and did brand you know did some stuff and then in the afternoon i watched the race and that was about it i couldn't take anymore man man it was putrid it's rough man tough scene Let's get Phil in here on the Big Orange Phillies phone lines. Good afternoon, Phil. What are you saying, dude? Hey, Philly. How y'all doing? Uh, man, we're doing all right. We're doing all right. We can get back at it. Baseball and basketball back at it again tomorrow. Yeah, that's true. Uh, when we beat uh, 
We only won the uh, Orange Bowl. Was that on the calendar year 22? It's New Year's Eve, wasn't it? Yes, it was, Phil. Okay. Since then, this calendar year hasn't been very nice to Tennessee sports. Or was it the 30th? It was the 30th. Um, 2023 hasn't been a good year? So far, it's it's not. I mean, it's starting off not too good, and the basketball team seems like it's folding like a cheap tent now. Yeah, but you know what, Phil? The year is young. The year is young, and look on the bright side. It it looks like King Football may be back. Well, football's in uh, September. There's a lot of uh, sports to be played between now and September. And then we talked about how great Danny White did last year. Is Danny White going to do the same thing again this year? What? What can All the sports at UT? Yeah, but what can Danny White do? I mean, he's hired the coaches. He's the athletic director. What do you think he can do? Uh, he's hired the coaches at this point. It's in their hands, right? Well, yeah, that's true. He can't go out there and I draw a ball play up for Rick Barnes. Well, guys, I'm just tired of Rick Barnes. Uh, it's very evident that uh, we're headed the wrong way. They're not going to fire him. I, I can live with that, but I uh, hope he hurt, hurt and get the hell out of Dodge. You know oh, what I mean? Come on, Phil. That's, that's terrible. The guy's done a lot for this university. We're, we're still ranked number 11 in the country. Yeah. He's taking the program as far as you're going to take it. That's my bottom line with it. You don't know that? I don't. To quote Roger, you don't know that, Phil. Yeah, quote Roger. You don't know yeah, that, Phil. You don't know that. If I lay around, you don't know that. Hey, man, it's it's a funny sport. It's tournament sport. Anything can happen. I saw a John Reed post over the weekend. Like it, This is bizarre, but it's. I think the team was the exact same record this time last year, 20-7. and seven. Well, we had Kennedy Chandler. We don't have Kennedy Chandler, and I saw the uh, – John Pennington uh, show on TV yesterday, and uh, they oh. were saying that B.J. Edwards has been mishandled by Rick Barnes. We've been saying that for over a month now, Phil. I know. I'm glad everybody else is catching on. I agree. I, I, I do agree. Rick Barnes is a terrible offensive coach. <laughs> I mean, what, was he a terrible offensive coach when we had Grant and Admiral and we were one of the best offensive teams in the country? Well, we don't have Grant and Admiral. We had Bowen as a point guard. I mean, and Lamonte Turner could play a one and a two. This team is, is uh, athletically at guard is, is not the top tier of the SEC. I, I just think maybe I'm – not that sophisticated a basketball mind. I just think we missed shots, man. I mean, I'm, I'm watching that game Saturday. We've got open shots. I think there are, our guys are rattled by the atmosphere up there. Ziegler's missing shots he would normally make. Vescovy's missing shots he would normally make. The only guy that came ready to play was Meshack. Yeah. I was going to be the second half. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't get it. We've seen them make shots, and they just sometimes they just don't. It's it's maddening, man. Hey, as frustrated as we are, I know for a fact that Rick Barnes and, and that staff are even – I mean, how frustrated do you think those guys are? Yeah. 
Well, I'm tired of your roast. I'm tired of calm one. I'm tired of Tarot Key. I mean, just uh, getting on my nerves. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's almost as bad as uh, ever. Every day on the show, we have to hear of the Kentucky Sports Network. See. Wow. Well, other than that, that Miss Lincoln, how do you uh, enjoy the play? <laughs> it's been a minute since he's come in like that. Tired of Barnes. Wants him to retire. Tired of Urosh, tired of Kamwa, tired of Key. Athletically, guards don't stack up. So he's tired of all the big guys. Guards don't stack up. Wants the coach to retire. Other than that, things are going swimmingly. He was also getting on to, uh, you know, banner down a little bit. Yeah, what is... What is he supposed to do? I don't know, man. I guess banner Dan could just walk out on the floor he is rick barnes's boss he could say hey hand me that clipboard bj you go get in there yeah this, this is what's at, although that's probably an ncaa rules because you can only have so many coaches didn't fulmer get in trouble for yeah. being out in the field yeah so yeah there's not much he can do i mean i get he could fire barnes and he could pull a pruitt and just fire barnes and coach the team himself and be athletics director and still coach the basketball team. Hey, Russ, let me ask you something, man. Fulmer, Fulmer really was. Like, he was on the field coaching. Oh, ball. We're working like the, the story, uh, it's fitting that we're about to have Nagy on. because Remember the Kentucky, the Arkansas game in down there in 2020 when yeah. we had a bunch of coaches out with COVID and Fulmer was going to coach the offensive line in the game? Yeah. I remember wanting that to happen so bad just to see it because it would have been weird. I think, I think Will Enemy got, I think he got healthy like at the last moment and was able to coach the game. Can you imagine 70 year old Philip Fulmer, the battle captain, in his coach, in his jogging suit down there, coaching up the O line? So we're working like heck. Absolutely ridiculous. And they had video of him on the practice field, too, and he turns and says, Mike, turn that camera off. Make sure you don't film me. Now, he knew exactly what he was doing, just like he knew exactly what Jeremy Pruitt was doing. And Let's, say, let's not act like he, he didn't play in the gray area. He, he, was about, he was about to coach the offensive line in one of Pruitt's games his last season, but he had no idea what Pruitt was doing on the recruiting trail. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh man, that guy. <laughs> Quick timeout. The drive continues. We'll be joined by Mark Nagy coming up next right here on Fan Run Radio. Oh my God, that's Mark Nagy's music. Welcome back. The drive continues. Fan Run Radio. Russell Bear Marcus cruising with you. Monday afternoon edition of the show. Let's bring Mark Nagy in on the Big Orange Phillies phone lines this afternoon. Good afternoon, Mark. How are you, sir? Russell, good afternoon. I've got to ask, though, why would the, the Dead Man Walking be my theme song? Why would that be my, my song? I don't know if we've ever really had a discussion. 
you are what well, my song would be. You are the harbinger of sorrow, the chronicler <laughs> of doom. Yeah, you literally wrote the book on the decade of dysfunction. And um I mean you're the guy we call it when things get dark, when things I, I, get rough, we we go to Nagy. I I don't think I can argue against that. Um I do think though that now we we've got to think cuz I think it's the first time we've ever actually had a musical intro. You know, you like I, it? I always Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. I, I think anything from the attitude era is 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 going to be good with me. I was actually just watching uh, the uh, uh, the A documentary series on a WWE. Uh, just watched the, the DX uh, two hour version. I mean, it's it's terrific television. So I'm in the mood for that too. So yeah, yeah, I'm down. All right, let it be written. Mark Nagy's new uh, intro music, the Undertaker theme. Mark, uh, that was a rough. We were going through it. So you know, Friday night. It starts with the announcement that Maui Ahuna is not going to be eligible. So that was a kick to the groin. Tennessee loses that baseball game, a uh, you know a uh, horrible offensive performance. You go up to Rupp, get your teeth kicked in by Kentucky. You turn around and lose that game. And you'll appreciate this, Mark. I actually got up early to watch Chelsea struggle to another one nil uh, loss to Southampton, a team that's going to get relegated. <laughs> at home another right. flaccid effort by the blues um yep. so so i my teams took four l's in 24 hours that's got to be a record i mean it was brutal by by the end of saturday i was like what am i doing with my life just disappointment after disappointment it was awful and even worse because chelsea has put literally the gross national product of the country of peru into their team and they're not winning games Leading, so, I mean, leading that, the world in expected goals. Uh, <laughs> XG stats through the roof, Mark. Raise the banner. Raise the banner. <laughs> um, no, it was a rough weekend. It really was. Um, you know, the, the, the men's basketball team is just maddeningly inconsistent. You know, I'm not, I'm not breaking any news here on the show. Um, I mean, to go from beating Alabama, top-ranked team, you can make a case it's one of the big wins in the history of the men's basketball program. Beating a top-ranked team, uh, beating your biggest rival, being able to play Dixieland Delight, uh, the new little tradition, I think, that is that is just wonderful uh, on the UT campus. Uh, and then a few days later, you go up to your biggest basketball rival and just get your feet stopped. So it was... It was not a good. Uh, it was not a good weekend. But hey, swimming did well. Hey, so you know, looking at that. No, seriously, I look at these things, and that is, I'm somewhat joking. But let's all remember that there were a time where Tennessee wasn't com- competitive in anything. That really wasn't that long ago. So at least there. Remember, we've talked about this many times. You want to be in the conversation. So at least in some of these non-revenue sports, you are. But the problem is you have a weekend like you just have, and it brings up a lot of that, you know, that uh, put your cup on type ball fandom. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was not a not a pleasant 48 hours or so. Thinking about starting a voluntary reaction for swimming, swimming and diving. Who says no? I think it's a great idea. I love it. Have to find some experts in there. Falls really got it done on the 400-meter individual medley today. feel like things are, are coming up. New speedos no, Rowdy, look good. 
now see, do you guys have anything in the budget to get Rowdy Gaines to uh, join you on the on the broadcast every week? Who's Rowdy Gaines? Uh, name well, sounds he was like he, I, he was the only Olympic swimmer that I could actually think of because I could have gone Michael Phelps, but that's just too obvious. And, and Rowdy Gaines, heck, he might have even been a Florida guy, so forget what I said. Uh, Rowdy, his name was Rowdy Gaines. That's an excellent name. Yeah, Rowdy Gaines, 1984 Olympics when you know the Soviet bloc countries all um, boycotted, so the Americans won literally every single medal. I like that guy. Whenever they show Mark Spitz. Because he's yep. out there, not only no swim cap, right? Not only is he not shaving his body hair, he's got like this Tom Selleck mustache out there. Can you imagine the amount of drag? He probably still own all the records if he just shave all his body hair. Yeah, he should have been forward thinking when it came to that. I mean, he won a lot of golds. You know, Michael Phelps would have had no, ch- you know, it would have had no chance. He would have won all those golds, but it would have been, you know, literally ten seconds off of every record. So. Uh, you know, Mark Spitz, he, he could have been literally at all time, you know, never to be touched record like a, you know, like a, a Cy Young 511 wins. But, uh, you know, he, he wasn't thinking he wasn't thinking forward enough. No, 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 no. Uh, Mark Nagy with us this afternoon. The Big Orange Phillies phone lines. Mark, this basketball team, man, what's what's the ceiling here? It's if you look at it, um, I think Tennessee is pretty much the exact same record right now as they were this time last year yep. why does this year feel so much worse <laughs> uh they, i i think that I, I i really think that you have part of the expectations of what the football team did is it kind of affects everything in a way i i really do i i think that there's so much emotional currency that we all have as fans and you put so much into football that there wasn't a lot left for basketball I, I think that, that that really does make sense so it, you know Tennessee has had so many of these situations where they get to March and they don't go as far as you think that they should uh and fans have been down this road before they've seen this before so they're not willing to you know give themselves to this team as maybe they did last year uh you know last year paid off you won an SEC tournament um which I, I think it devalued. But remember, Tennessee hadn't won that thing since 1979. Um, I, I just think that, that, for lack of a better term, it is the killer instinct not with this group that maybe you saw before. And I know that's hard to say because, you know, they, they have some really good wins. Yeah. Beat Kansas, beat Texas, beat Alabama. They've got a lot of really good wins, but they've also got some of these just, just glaring losses that I, I think are, are kind of holding holding them back. And, you know, I think that most people thought Tennessee would go farther than the second round last year. They didn't. Um, they're still ranked 11th in the country. But right now, if you had to make a bet, hey, does Tennessee get to the Sweet 16, you're probably going to get more of your listeners that are going to say no than yes. Uh, I mean, I understand, Mark. Some teams play the level of competition. Okay, you don't get up for Colorado get it you don't get up for Missouri like you you can kind of see that being the case at at times it it shouldn't happen but it does in in that sport when they're 30 plus games but for a a team like Tennessee where you're playing Kentucky right it's not a great Kentucky team and twice now I'm not going to say they didn't play hard because I I I think they did but we've seen what happens when they really put their minds to it, really lean into it, they can beat Kansas. They can beat Alabama. 
they can really play. And to come out both times against Kentucky and just for whatever reason look flat is baffling to me. And, and, you know, it's even more frustrating because if Tennessee wins those two games, then that you, you, you kind of think that buries Kentucky, right? Yeah. That, that, it, that it would turn into a Kentucky's got to at least get to the SEC tournament final to get into, to even have a shot of getting into the NCAA tournament. But as it is, those two wins over Tennessee probably puts Kentucky in right now. And there's nothing more enjoyable other than just winning games yourself than you know, destroying your rivals. Um, you know, there, some of those Kentucky wins that Tennessee's had have, you know, kind of catapulted this, this program under Barnes. Um, you know, and as, as it is before this season, they had a one eleven of 20. And now we're back to kind of being on even uh, ground with, with Kentucky for Tennessee. So now it, it, it's frustrating as a Tennessee fan to look at that because you just know that this is a team that when they play the defense that they play, like in that Alabama game, that they can beat anybody. But the problem is just those four or five-minute stretches where it doesn't look like they could, you know, hit the ocean if they're throwing the basketball out of a boat. So, and that's, I think, the danger when it comes to March, when you go to a survive and advance situation, you know, that four or five minutes of ineptitude can mean the difference between going home and continuing. Yeah, no doubt about it. We're talking with Mark Nagy this afternoon on your Big Orange Phillies phone lines. And, Mark, let's uh, talk about this baseball team here for a second. You you lose the first two games of the season. And, right. I, you know, obviously not time to press the panic button here. There's a lot of talent there. Uh, some of the mistakes we saw, fielding errors, base running errors, probably be fixed with a little elbow grease on the practice field. Um, what, are you, what are your thoughts on, on this team and – the ceiling for Tony Vitello, I guess this is his, his sixth year here in Knoxville. It's hard to believe that time's flying by so so quickly. But we ran a poll last week. What your expectations are? It's like sixty percent of the audience expects this team to be in Omaha. Like that's the the floor is to make the College World Series. So obviously he's created a little bit of a monster here. It wasn't that long ago that Tennessee couldn't even get to Hoover. You know, I mean, so it, it really is incredible how quickly things change. Um, I, I, I think that fans always like to panic, but it's it's comical to look at three games, you know, out in Arizona and think anything from it. You know, had Tennessee won all three uh, or lost all three, whatever. I mean, it's, it's the opening weekend series. It's an opening series. So uh, I have no doubt that this Tennessee team is going to win a lot of games. Um, you know, that pitching rotation alone uh, Dole under Burns and Beam is just is, is as good as it gets, and that's going to carry Tennessee a long, long way. So uh, I, I don't think you can read much into it either way. Um, you know, once you start to get into SEC play, that's really where you see where this uh, this baseball team is going to be. And I don't have any reason to think that that Tennessee is not going to be uh, playing a lot of a lot of postseason baseball. I almost texted you this uh, over the weekend. Uh, Tony Vitello's black eye. Do you think that that was uh, for the women of Vault Twitter? Was that like when um, Dan Cortez fell off the mountain climbing with <laughs> Costanza? And Elaine, Elaine is worried. Did the words radical reconstructive surgery come out? Do you, do you think that was a similar moment for the women of Vault Twitter? That is as good of a comparison 
uh, I think that that I have heard. Um, the only thing that would have been better it had you know George Costanza had extra sandwiches <laughs> ready ready for Tony. Um, you know, I, I I'm just glad he didn't fall on a helmet. That was my <laughs> oh. that was my my first fear whenever I I see something like that. Um, you know, I think uh, I think. I think it's a it's a dark time for for some of the the ladies in the Greater East Tennessee area, but fortunately he's not going to be in a uh, a mask like Dan Cortez for for months. I think that uh, I think he'll be just fine. He's not telling you to step off, ladies of Baltimore. <laughs> no, don't step off. My favorite part of that entire thing is that he randomly, I, just because of a Seinfeld geek, is that he randomly tells Kramer on 10 seconds notice, do you want to go climb a mountain? And, of course, Kramer says he's down. I'm down. He's absolutely down. So, God, what a great show. What a great show. All right, Mark, uh, last thing, you're scrolling through your Twitter timeline. Uh, I see, did you get to take in the wiener dog races at the Ice Bears game over the weekend? I did. I did. I was trying to think if I shot those back in my Channel 6 days. I'm sure I probably did. I mean, that is as, as good, wholesome family fun as you're ever going to find. Um, Looks it like was, a, it was they great. had a good crowd there. They did. No, packed house. Uh, you know, you couldn't buy a ticket walking up there. I've had a couple. I had one time a bunch of years ago where I just walked up to get a ticket uh, with my youngest daughter, and we get there and they say, yes, yeah, sold out. And in my mind, I'm thinking, what do you mean sold out? You know, they, 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 these games are never sold out. And then I realized the error of my ways because I was going on Wiener Dog Night. Um, it was great. It was great. The only thing that I was thinking which would be hilarious would be if you did that with big dogs, because of course I have a you know a seventy pound tank of a of a double doodle dog Bailey, and trying to think of her on the ice because it would be like you know you know wolves trying to hold back wolves to get them to to stay in the one area and not run the other side of the ice. So maybe that's on the ice bears can work on in the future. Mark, I was going to ask you. You didn't happen to like pick out the winner ahead of time, did you? Like did... <laughs> people down there betting on the wiener dog yeah, races. I didn't see them on FanDuel, so I wasn't sure. But <laughs> it was a- it was absolutely hilarious. They were they were talking on the PA. They said, you know, you could go into the lobby and go on DraftKings and uh, place your place your bets for the winners. Um, I think that that I mean, if you do that, then you've got to find a way to put that event in Thompson Bowling Arena. You know, maybe there's some mystery ice that we don't know about on the on the underneath because that would really pack the house. You're getting 4,500 4, folks there, and you can't bet on it yet. You know, just imagine. I, I think that that's the next step. We were having the conversation a couple of weeks ago about Red Panda and halftime shows. Where does the wiener dog, and I guess intermission, they've got two of them in hockey. You've got the, that, that's the equivalent of the wiener dog races. Do you have a favorite form of sports halftime entertainment? I'd say, I mean, Red Panda's the gold standard. You know, I mean, that that's that's one that if you ever get to see that in person, that changes your life. Um, I, 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 I always subscribe to that. I always tried to, I would always hope to be covering a game or be at a game where, where she was in attendance. Um, it, it's funny, though, you know, how teams try to decide as to, okay, when you've got like the, the big act, do you do that on like a big game or do you do that when – you know, a, a middling opponent that you don't know if you can get anybody into the building. I would think you do it for the middling opponent. Um, you know, it's like back in the day, minor league baseball had Max Packin that they used to bring in uh, and they would always, always get big crowds. Um, but to me, to me, it's, it's red Panda. I, it's funny because you know, there was a video of her, like actually dropping a couple of, um, 
uh, bowls recently. And I'm like, you know, that's like Michael Jordan airballing in crunch time. You know, in your mind, it's like that never happened. It's unheard so, of. Yeah. So, yeah, she's uh, she's the best. She, I, I think it'll be a dark day one day when she uh, hangs up her unicycle. Red <laughs> Panda. Red Panda, Mark Nagy. Oh, Love God. Red Panda. Everybody, oh. everybody loves Red Panda except for Bear. He can't, he can't come up with a reason why. He, just playing the contrary and pay pay no attention to him. My my favorite Nagy was um, I don't remember. Do you remember the Bud Light Daredevils back in the eighties, early nineties? Yes, yes, they were great. Elite. They were they were, they, they were way way ahead of their time. They were basically, and I I think they really were like acrobats. <laughs> they were, yeah. They moonlighted all these uh, buff dudes in like cheerleading outfits with Bud Light logos all over them, and they'd set up these trampolines, and they would do these crazy, just like death defying, you know, up in the air slam dunks. It just always ended up with dunks, I, and I just always wondered like who got the idea to put the daredevils together and why don't they bring them back Nagy? what i'm wondering is how did they convince because there had to be some insurance company that said okay we're going to back this <laughs> i mean i mean what what must those premiums have been because you're coming out of nowhere it's like okay we're going to go jump on a bunch of trampolines and if we're off by like five inches we're going to like crash onto the floor and probably break every bone in our body and they say sure we'll we'll insure that because they couldn't have just done that without insurance right I mean, because that's that that would have been insanity. So, uh, look, it's 2023. Uh, you know, every TV show, movie, they just re up them because nobody can come up with good ideas anymore. If you're able to do that again, uh, then why can't you bring the Bud Light Daredevils back? It's all fun and games until the teams come out for the second half and find some Romanian acrobat's brain splattered <laughs> all over the backboard. Could you, wouldn't that have been great to just have that every game during like the Buzz Peterson era? To, I mean, give you a reason to really want to go to those games. I, I think that I think Tennessee missed out on some. They should have just had a, a, a partnership with those guys for, for for those four years. I did see that. Uh, I, I've not watched the SEC Network history of basketball things. I've seen some of the promos online. It looks really good. Though, did you see the one about the Ernie and Bernie era where they had, they had the dang marching band like marching around yeah. the basketball court and guys on yeah. unicycles and everything? I mean. That was good stuff. No, the 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 70s were were a real scene and a lot of that happened during the during the 70s. Um I I would have loved uh to have been at Stokely to see some of those events. I mean, he he really was, I mean, you know, say ahead of his time. You know, Ray Mears was ahead of his time as well. I mean, he understood that there is kind of like like Babe Ruth in a way. Understood that folks want to be entertained. And that's what he was able to give them, and that's why he had so many. That's why he's still beloved to this day, even you know what, some close to fifty years since he last coached a game. All right, well, Mark, we always appreciate you jumping on with us, my friend. Good to hear from you today. It, um, well, let's see if this basketball team can. What, what, what's the what's the official Nagy prediction on how this basketball season ends for the Volunteers? Look, I I, I want to look at the glasses half full, you know, because I am a. a you know, the, the chronicler of the worst 10-year period in Tennessee athletics. I think we need to ch- turn the page. As I've said, the decade of dysfunction is officially over. Um, so I, I think that you're lo- – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think positive. It's all about matchups when you get into March. Let's say Tennessee can get a couple of good matchups, 
gets into the Sweet 16. Remember, Bruce Pearl's best team wasn't the team that got to the Elite Eight. I mean, he had that was maybe yep. the third or fourth best team that he had, but they got great matchups. Uh, San Diego State, they didn't have to play Georgetown because Ohio upset them, and then an Ohio State team that they always played well against. So uh, it's all about those matchups. I'm going to say Tennessee gets a couple of good matchups and plays them the second weekend. Thanks, Mark. Good talking to you. Mark Nagy, TDOT spokesperson, former WATE TV news personality, award-winning author, Saturdays down south, jack of all trades. We appreciate him jumping on the Big Orange Phillies fold line. Check out Big Orange Phillies in Hall, 6625 Manderville Pike. They're online at BigOrangePhillies.com. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come right back with more after this. Fan Run Radio, the drive continues. Mark Nagy on the show last segment. Vera, what did you learn? Interesting. He learned, he learned a lot. Yeah, that, that was the first time he's ever actually truthfully answered that question. Cruised with you. Monday afternoon edition of the show, 865-546-8200, your number to get on board. Let's go back to the Big Orange Phillies phone line and get El Diablo in here next. Good afternoon, Diablo. Hey, gentlemen. Hey, where's Bear at today? Uh, I'm here. He's traveling. Okay. All right. I appreciate you guys working today on President's Day on this day that most of us <laughs> got the day off. It's uh, uh, it's makes tough. Me wonder who's your favorite president? You know, it it's tough because uh, I I observe President's Day and the fact that I have to work is is really an outrage and I think um, an injustice, quite frankly. I don't know, man. I like um, I like you know Lincoln is the obvious one. I'm a big Grant guy. I think Grant he had it tough, you know, self made guy, alcoholic, overcame a lot to do good things um jfk i mean hey you're you're carrying on an affair with marilyn monroe telling the russians to get their missiles out of cuba the fate of the free world hanging in the balance you're sending dudes to the moon you did it all like three years it's unbelievable great track record hey guys uh listening to nagy and uh philly uh, that's a case of uh, one's got the beer bottle half full and one doesn't. Uh, but I, I got to tell you, I know Philly hates UK. I can't stand them either. But they pulled a classy move Saturday uh, honoring Gus Manning, so props to them. Oh, did they? That's cool. Good for them. Hey, uh, you know, our basketball team, you know, when you look at it, you know, the, the word that Nagy used quite often was inconsistency. I got to tell you, man, they, they are. I mean, and I hate to say this, but – Kamwa, Olivier, he, I mean, he is really emblematic of what this team is this year because he comes out on some nights and looks all conference, and then other nights he comes out and looks like a walk-on. And that's kind of been the season. Yeah. Yeah, it has. Um, I just, I, I, there was a point in time when I expected that to change. You know, at the beginning of the conference season is not too long ago maybe you know a month or so ago I was thinking you know what yeah they're, they're up and down they're inconsistent but they're figuring things out man they're they're figuring things out they're developing and 
you know, they're still trying to find their rotations. Where does Triple J fit? When is Phillips going to emerge? And I, I felt like that they had plenty of time to address those questions and figure it out. And at this point, with four games left, I I, I hope I'm wrong. But my gut is starting to tell me that they just kind of are what they are and not much is going to change. And it's just going to be a up-and-down roller coaster ride until it inevitably crashes in a explosion of disappointment at the end of the season. Hey, I'm right there with you on that, Russ. Hey, do we need to be concerned about our baseball teams? It seems like I saw a lot of slinging misses over the weekend. Um. I, I don't think you're pressing the panic button. I'll put it that way. I, it is disappointing to lose those two games, but I think not having Griffin Merritt and Maui Ahuna really hamstrung them offensively. You knew you were going to take a step back, losing everything that they lost, and then to not have probably your two best transfers in the lineup at the get-go, I think that was a major loss for them. Now, you've obviously got Merritt back going forward, and we'll see what happens with Ahuna. I can't imagine that he's going to be ineligible for the entire season. Surely he's going to be back at some point. And when that happens, I think you're going to be pretty good hitting the ball. The pitching, I have no worries about that. I think they'll be fine with the pitching staff. Um, but uh, outside of that, man, uh, no, I, I think they'll be, they got to get their errors, the fielding and, and base running issues cleaned up. But if they can do that, I think they'll be fine. Who do we have this week other than Texas? I know we got Texas A&M Tuesday night. Who do we have this weekend? Is it a road or a home game? South Carolina at Thompson Bowling Arena. You would think that would be a W. Yeah, I hope you're right. I don't think anything's a gimme anymore. I tell you, we're hurt. We're limping to the finish line. And we're just going to get exposed with some matchup problems from here on out. Hmm. Well, not to be alarmist, but South Carolina has won two of their last three. Yeah, uh, that seems to be UT's luck. Anyways, guys, thanks for coming in today, working. Appreciate the show. Talk to you later. Thank you, Diablo. And granted, those two wins have come against Ole Miss on the road, who's awful, and then at LSU, who's atrocious. So they beat the two worst teams in the league. Uh, no game, there's not a game left on our schedule that doesn't concern me. I, I'm pretty confident. I'm, I'm pretty confident in South Carolina. Not confident tomorrow at all. But I'm pretty confident oh, no. about the South Carolina game. Now, tomorrow, Tennessee does, if you're into such things, according to the ESPN FPI, uh, the matchup predictor, I guess it's not the FPI anymore, it's the – BPI, whatever. The matchup predictor gives Tennessee a 62.6% chance to win tomorrow. The computers still believe in the Vols, Bear. Yeah, I don't – I mean, has the computer seen the inside of their gym with their crazy cult members? I mean, does it factor that into it? That's a hostile environment we're walking into tomorrow night, bud. They're finally ranked, playing good basketball. Undefeated at home. We're, we're kind of staggering down the stretch here. We're stumbling. Not, not, we haven't fallen like, flat. 
Could we be like Rocky Balboa? Just take an unbelievable amount of punishment and then rise up here at the end and give us a run to glory? If I could change, you could change, we all could change. We all could change. Hour number three of The Drive coming up. Stay with us.